This is Ox Return. I'm Matt Blake. This is Tristan Dolce. And we have in the studio with us tonight the Blood Moon Howlers. Uh, before we jump into the interview, we have so much to talk about. Can we get a tune out of you first? Yeah. Yeah. Let's show them this one called Moonlighters.
awesome. We are joined by Matt, Juju, and Brandon, and they are the Blood Moon Howlers. How's it going, guys? It's going Good, well. Thanks so much for coming out, you know. Dude, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah, it's it's nice to be going again, you know. Yeah, yeah. nice to be doing something again. Right now, yeah. yeah. We're all feeling that, right? Yeah, we're just talking. It's like we feel like we're a Steely Dan band now because we only do, like, studio band, you know, mm. <laughs> since there's no live shows at the moment. So what have you guys been doing in, in uh, these strange times to keep uh, keep up with your craft, keep up with songwriting? Or are you in the studio or are you doing a lot of live streams as everyone else seems to be doing? All of the above, I think. You know, tons of songwriting. Uh, we both, uh, Juju and I and Brandon have studios, so we do a lot of recording. and. Trying to write every day, and we've been doing as many of these types of things as we can. We just did uh, Burning Man last night, and we're doing that again tonight. And uh, before that, we did Jam in the Van and stuff. So we're trying to keep busy with all of this any any chance we can, man. Totally live stream tour, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose that's much easier than getting in a van, right? They just got in a van. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's back well, in a van. It's back in, in a van, van and again. going to Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Sure. We we took our tour van here just so we could like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get the alternator charging the battery yeah, yeah that too yeah. we've been having to go out and like start it every few days because we didn't for a little bit when this all first started and the battery died so <laughs> Jeez. true story yeah so uh i want to talk a little bit about the the new record uh or the newer record but i i think maybe let's start with the the first full live record can you tell me a little bit about the re- that recording process and kind of like how it differs from something like what we're doing here tonight? Well, so that process, so that was for our record Man Man's Ruse. <laughs> and um, Mad Man's, not Man Man's. <laughs> Sorry. Um, late night. Um, that one we did at the studio called Ultimate Studios, Inc. with this awesome dude, Charlie Waymar. And he was great in that he came out to see us play live and tried to really dive into the sound that we were trying to go after at that time. Hmm. And so it was, it was really cool. You know, we wanted a real live, energetic feeling thing. So we, uh, we were in the room together while we were recording it all, you know. And the guitars were, um, it's all one shot. He did this whole really cool thing where when he would mic the guitars, um, he just, yeah, I, think he, I think he would throw up uh, two on each amp that we were using. And then he would throw up all these different microphones around the room mm. to like just really capture that room sound. So like, and we were kind of going for a little bit of like a Van Halen thing where you can kind of hear like Eddie on the left or whatever, totally. or, or, or right, I kind of forget, sorry. But, uh, but then he would throw all the like reverb and the room mics like on the other side. Yeah. You know, so you get that real spacious feeling with just one take kind of thing. You know? Yeah, and you were saying that he had such a nice, nice room. Oh, he's got a great Yeah, how, how big is that room? Oh, man. I don't know square footage wise. I'm bad at, at viewing that. You know, I'd say it's, it's similar to if this room didn't, uh, that we're trying, your guys' studio here didn't have the vocal booth here, and the ceilings were probably another five feet higher. Dang. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like if I owned a space like that or worked frequently in a space like that i'd have mics installed in the ceiling yeah yeah just like because you know if you have a space like that why let it go to waste yeah that'd be so cool if you had like a compartment up there and then you could just swap out the mic if you wanted to or something yeah yeah i had a dream about this i think (laughs) because when when we were tracking drums in there was fun because we'd throw you know room mics at the very back of the room super high up you know so we had like four sets of room mics and you had your nears you had your like wide rooms and then you had like you know like kind of right in front of the drum kit kind of thing mm. and 
I think, you know, the fun part of that was the point at the time was because it was very much like, as far as the songwriting goes, like very blues format, but how do we bring a new energy to it? So it was like, no click, every song has to be like in one take, you know, but the, the energy I felt really translated from that because we were really trying to capture the essence of like playing live with that as opposed to like tracking to a click and building on top of that. It was like whatever the fundamental rhythm tracks we tracked in one take was it and then overdubs for solos or whatever on top of that. So what was he bringing to the table in terms of son- like a sonic tone? You said that he, he kind of dove in and like tried to understand what was happening in the live show and translate that the best he could to a record. Well, I feel like so many uh, producers, you can just get locked into the thing that they do. Right. You go to them and they just do their sound on you or yep. whatever. And I liked that he tried to accommodate what we were doing and add his own two cents into it and stuff. Totally. And so we appreciated that a bit. Nice. Um, do you guys want to jump into another tune and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the recording of uh, the new record? Hell yeah, let's yeah. do it. This one's called Tilted Patrons. This is the Blood Moon Howlers on Ox Return. Y'all ready?
That's the Blood Moon Howlers on Ox Return uh, with Tilted Patron. Uh, so that single is on the upcoming record. Is that correct? Uh, that one's actually already up on Spotify. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, but it will be a part of like a, a new full length. I think we're going old school. Like we're gonna do straight up like the Johnny Cash thing now, where uh-huh. we're just gonna put out a bunch of singles, and then at the end of the year, give it a name and some artwork, and slap it all out again. You know, so that way we can keep uh, keep stuff coming out quick, and you know, not get it all backed up and everything, and you know. So put some bonus songs on there. Yeah, put some bonus that. things on there. Which leads us into talking about how you guys have been recording recently. Mm-hmm. Um, did that come about because of, of everything that's going on right now? Or did that kind of start happening because you guys were already doing that since you have your own studio? I know Brandon has his own studio. Um, did you start recording it in with, with that in mind um, to kind of release singles into some sort of full length? I think it's something that we've talked about a good bit, um, but with everything going on, it definitely was kind of the final kick into the the whole thing, you know, because it was like right now we feel that everyone needs entertainment and music and just as much as they can get, you know, so we want to be more regular with what we're putting out instead of just trying to slap it all out with, you know. Was, I'm oh, sorry. Oh no problem. Was was that transition? Was that easy f- for you guys to do, or or did it take some? Was it any hiccups or anything? Because <laughs> yeah, we it? did grow up in an era of like albums, so there's a bit right. of nostalgia with all of us. Like, but it's got to be, <laughs> but it's you know, it's got to be an album, man. It's got to all have the same tone throughout. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. I think, um, but we're game, whatever. Yeah, you know, because I think it's that thing of taking, like, I'm working with a group right now, like, producing and engineering their album, and it's such a behemoth to take on recording an album that's, like, as soon as you start the process, it's at least going to be three months if you're cooking with it. You're really rolling, you know, but you're probably Is looking at pun? more. <laughs> Brandon Cook. Brandon Cooking Records. Um <laughs> But, you know, it's like you're looking at more like six months to a year in the recording process than you have time for the PR and just like all the, you know, legalities and business that go along with releasing a record where we're going, you know, we when we write a song, it's like we're really passionate about it at the time and we kind of just want to get it out while we're excited about it, too, because it's like a lot of those songs, by the time you put them on a record, they're such they're so old. And of course, they're new to everyone else, but you don't have like the same enthusiasm about it where there's something to me really fun and energetic about like you're working on it. You get it done, you get it to mastering, and you put it through like the PR machine, you do your thing with it, and then it's out. And like keep releasing that in that kind of old school way of having mm-hmm. like all the singles compiled on like a long play and sequence in a way that still tells a story. Because I think even with releasing the singles, it's still telling a story of like our thought process right now, what we're going through, like what we're thinking about, and like sequencing it in that kind of way in the record, and then adding like some extra songs to tie it all into like a record format. You know, because, I mean, I'm, I'm a vinyl nerd. I, like, still, like, love fucking having that shit if you go out to a show and you buy a band's vinyl and you go back and listen to it on your, not on your Crowsley, but on your nice hi-fi. <laughs> Thank you. you. Know? I appreciate <laughs> that. For our, next, for our next one, for sure. How has the process been um, for you guys? I mean, because obviously we've been having to stay apart a little bit more than, than prior. Um, how have you guys been collaborating um, remotely, or have you, or have you been getting together to do these recordings? We've been respectful, you know, but we uh, we've been getting together and keeping our distance, and uh, you know, we've. I mean, I guess one thing is, you know, uh, Juju and I have been building up the tracks a bit more on our own, and then bringing it to Brandon, 
and then having to redo it a bunch because Brandon always has good ideas, so we're always like, okay, send this section. Yeah, I guess that's a benefit of all, you know, being in the same room. You mm-hmm. get the input mm-hmm. as it, you know, as it happens. It's been a little different with like um, a couple of these new ones because, well, Moonlighters, and even Tilted Pages, we kind of got to play live and on tour and kind of get mm-hmm. that yeah. reaction and that feedback and that we kind of got to like critique it. And as we were going into the studio, we felt more comfortable with it. Um, but with like a couple of the new ones that we've been recording, uh, we haven't been able to play them live or anything like that. So mm-hmm. we're just kind of building them. And just trying to be real hard on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're like without being able to check it live and really see it. It's yeah. like we're trying to like use all the experience that we've built up being on the road and all that kind of stuff, trying to see like, like imagine like what it would feel like to play it and everything. And yeah. We're kind of trying to like, I guess, demo it a yeah. lot and kind of build the track and then we show, you know, kind of go back and forth with it a bunch and, and just like even then it's tough because they'll you know have it at this like nearly finished state come to me and then usually it's like the first time i'm like really hearing it so tracking drums for a song is usually like an all-day event because like i'm i'm track trying out ideas tracking it listening mm-hmm. back and like no that's not working and then we'll do it like cool and then a week later i'm like no that's not working <laughs> and then you know so it's like you're kind of doing it in a reverse order where a lot of that stuff we hash out on the road mm-hmm. of just like, and a lot of mistakes that happen when you're on the road turn into really beautiful parts within the song. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of these songs have like interesting parts to it that came out of like mistakes or like somebody like dropping something you had to carry a section out while they like found where their guitar cable went or whatever like <laughs> might happen yeah. while you're on stage turns into some really cool parts sometimes. And I think, you know, I miss that aspect but this is much more tedious but much more fun and just like how deliberate it is when you're going in there and like working out the parts so much until you're just like nope this is right and there's a difference between like being like this is right and this done because to me it's never done you could always go back and retrack it a million times but like the like nope this is right and knowing when to call it instead of like sitting there nitpicking it to death until it doesn't have any energy left yeah yeah, what it seems like it, what what certain things seem like to me is that it's been a lot more introspective lately. Like you really got to find it, where it used to be. You get confidence from the crowd and everything. Now it's a lot about finding like, okay, this is I gotta own this, right? Mm-hmm. Do you guys share the same feeling? Where it's now I gotta get my confidence higher to be able to under to be able. Yeah, this is what I did. You know, gotta be able to totally. zoom out a little bit and be able to critique it like that. Because usually we would go, yeah, play a, a song live. And immediately we'd all know, like, okay, this part didn't work, this part worked, you know, just naturally with the feedback and stuff. So now we're just, yeah, we're really trying to, like, zoom out and just, like, just kind of analyze it and do our best with it. Yeah, that's the term we always throw around when we're in the studio. Zoom out. Zoom out. (laughs) Zoom out. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, it's not just your guitar part, you know? (laughs) It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's not just your drum part, you know, what does it feel like as a whole? What is it, you know, what is it conveying? We'll we'll joke with each other of like, you know, there's something that we're trying and it's just like, you gotta let everyone go through the process, but it'll be like, you know, Matt would be like, oh, you're trying to get on the cover of Modern Drummer with that one? Or like, (laughs) oh, like Matt would be like, you're trying to get in Guitar Hero Weekly or something, you know? like. Um, and I think that's been some of the nice part about this quarantine, you know, it was like when all the, when it first started and they came out with the guidelines, we're going, oh, there's no live show. So really this is, the guidelines are just how we live anyway, very reclusive <laughs> and in our studios, like not really seeing other people. So it, it gave us a chance to really reflect on like what is important with the music. Cause I think there's so many musicians that it's like, music is my life. And now that there's no live shows, I'm like so devastated. And it's like, yeah, we're really bummed too. But like, we like to showcase like, how we enjoy life through our music, not take that as like a, a selfish thing of like live shows give me life. It's like, no, I like to bring my joy of life and put it out through the music out or whatever I'm feeling out through that. 
as this kind of give and take that you have with the crowd. And so to have a more introspective step back into bringing that into the recording process has been really fun in a way. That's an awesome way to approach this uh, this world. <laughs> with a That's a be much better outlook than um, maybe I have or a lot of the <laughs> outlooks that I've heard of. Yeah, bringing, bringing the live show to the tape. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, we did. It's been a little bit of an interesting like learning curve doing as many live streams as we've been doing because like the first one oh, we did it was, it was like rough. Oh <laughs> like they like we're so used to having people there and we're like rocking out and then we're like okay next song like, it's just so interesting and like just to have that energy you know bring everything just to like you know I think I think it took, it took, like us, to, uh, took us to a new level actually yeah. because yeah. when you're live. You know, our first goal was like, okay, well, now everyone's at shows with like their videos, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So we we're like, we want to like get to a place where we sound really good anytime we like watch back one of their stories or whatever. So that was like our goal for a long time. And then we hit this point of like, we would watch these things back and be like, yeah, right on. Sounds good. You know, like we're a good band, whatever. <laughs> and like, then when this thing happened, it just took us to this whole new level of like, okay, so like you have that under the microscope feeling of recording, but also you're supposed to be entertaining at the same time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. All yeah. The time. yeah. <laughs> and so we started recording ourselves a lot during rehearsals and like yeah. really critiquing like, okay, we need to fix this, we need to do that. And it really helped us a lot. Like and, and a lot of these things, we're very fortunate today, we can actually hear ourselves. But most of the time, you have that type of like situation, but you can't hear yourself. So it's mm -hmm. just like, yeah. yeah, hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. this is awesome. This yeah, summer. yeah, yeah. <laughs> such, a, such a treat, such a luxury. Really is, awesome. Yeah. Good to hear. Um, let's jump to another tune, and okay. then, and then uh, we'll talk more about maybe specific details on the record. Um, but what do we plan up next? Got this tune called Buckled Under. You know what? Is it actually possible just to turn Matt's vocals down just a touch? Sure. Just He's a touch. On this one I know, but just so oh, before just I forget <laughs> for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you going to sing on this one with me? I was, I was pretty blaring on that last one. I was <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, can't hear the guitar, but I can go off Matt's vocals where we are. I have, like, I'm one ear on, so there's just at least one ear is good. But I was looking at me, I'm like, yeah, your ears must be tired. <laughs> Yeah, we were getting used to not usually not being able to hear each other at all, so this is this is a new experience. <laughs> yeah. Ready when you are.
died out. <laughs> this is the Blood Moon Howlers on Ox Return uh, with Buckled Under. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the specifics on this new one. Um, so you're, or I guess on these new singles that you're working on, um, where are you, where are you recording these? So we have our, our home studio. So we have our studio mm-hmm. and then Brandon has his studio. So everything's kind of done piecemeal where you guys bring something, send it to Brandon, get, get the drums done alone. Well, so we've done a couple things so far. So this last tune that we just recorded, um, we got a couple new ones actually. So one of the ones we actually just recorded to a drum machine and then brought everything to Brandon and then he recorded to our tracks. Um, but another one we just did, we did kind of this hybrid. We, uh, Brandon and I were just jamming together in the room and we would do it to a click for certain parts of the song. But then there was uh, these, like, uh, like, like halfway through, there's like a total like tempo change thing. Mm. So it was like the first half of the song we did to a click. And then after that, we just went like all free time together and stuff. And that was uh, more like we did last time where we were kind of in the same room together, actually playing to get the takes and stuff like that. So Very nice. Hybrid. You know, yeah. but, but basically, where everything's getting recorded mainly is um, drums at Brandon's place, and then we do everything else at our place, with few exceptions, though. Like, definitely, we've, we've gone into Brandon's for uh, guitars and bass. Yeah, and I think like that. we did... Everything besides vocals for Moonlighters at my spot, Ironwood mm-hmm. Recorders, we did uh, everything uh-huh. there, right? Yeah, Moonlighters, yeah. Um, <laughs> we did the vocals in our living room, and if you listen really closely, you can hear a lot of Highland Park in the background, <laughs> motorcycles, and <laughs> but it gave us a good vibe. <laughs> We're having some yeah. technical yeah. difficulties in We here. had a little bit of routing issues in here, so you got to oh, unplug okay. the mic, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> Okay. What? While recording, <laughs> issues come up. What? Never. Don't tell them on this podcast. <laughs> about that. We're trying to inspire people to record here. <laughs> Not that you're going to pull your hair out for half of it, trying to figure out what's, why there's, you're getting a buzz. <laughs> so describe the spaces that you're working in. So you're mentioning the, the Highland Park space that you got out of your living room. I mean, where you're recording most of the stuff. Uh, like, what's the environment, um, the or what's the space that it's actually getting recorded in? So we have a, what is that, plexiglass? Like a clear, I think it's Clear Sonic as the mm. company, okay. and we have yeah. one of their, like, vocal booths. Oh, okay. So, um, depending on how <laughs> we're feeling, we'll, uh, I think a lot of the vocals we do in there, I, I guess with the exception of what we're talking about right now. Yeah. But, um, do you we'll cover do them that. with blankets? Yeah, we have, we have some, like, sound... It? Well, the, it's like a plexiglass right thing, now. and then it has like it's actually all enclosed when you're in there. Got it. And so. then we put blankets mm-hmm. on top and everything too. Yeah. But usually, it's for when we've lived places where we had to like try and be really quiet to not piss off our neighbors. And the neighborhood we're in right now, um, luckily, which is so awesome, is like everybody's loud and everyone, mm-hmm. no one cares. So mm-hmm. we can. It's actually to keep out the noise from the city. <laughs> yeah. yeah so the guy next door recording a record yeah. doesn't make it onto <laughs> yeah. your record. Yeah. So, but we were doing this thing where we wanted to, on Moonlighters for the Chorus, I wanted to do, um, like, I wanted to triple it, so I had to, like, had, um, Brandon actually gave me the The Michael Jackson thing, the Bruce Whedon thing of, like, you double the vocals by stepping back three feet each time and and Mm -hmm. compensating the gain for it. 
So I was doing that, but I, mm. in order to do that, I had to do it in the living room because we, <laughs> we're just doing it in our little got to take a pee, you guys. Duplex, I'll be right back. Um, area, so it's not a very big space. And then depending on like how hot it's been and everything, too, we have to turn our air off and everything. Mm-hmm. So if it gets too hot in the vocal booth. <laughs> Open it up, fan it out, yeah. air it out. <laughs> it's been good sweaty for sure. God, that is always yeah. such a like a Sophie's choice of recording. like turning your air conditioner on and off throughout (laughs) what i love is like you know you have in the more like especially in tv studios and some recording studios have it where you have the big industrial air so wherever you call it like just piping in from the top (laughs) so it's just like in between takes you just pump it on just cold air floods into the room and you're just like all right leave that on for five minutes while they listen back make some edits and then like turn it off and start recording again yeah Yeah. and brandon studios in the um yeah, so my, my spot, I, I really lucked out with it. Um, I started doing some recording for a church and like helping them with some sound needs, and they had this extra office no one wanted because it was in the basement with no windows and like no cell service. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, you guys, <laughs> you guys use this? They're like, no. So I worked out a thing of like renting that from them and basically set up shop, which is the size of like a production studio. But um, I tend to record late at night so I can kind of use the nearby rooms and run amps out there and get like the reverberance from like the room where they have like youth group and stuff. But, you know, I kind of go in like after business hours and do my thing in there. So I track drums there. I do a lot of mixing there, overdubs there. Um, and it's really worked out. Honestly, it's just been great to have a room to put all the gear I've been hoarding for the past whatever years I've been living in L.A. that's lived <laughs> yeah. in people's garages. Yeah. All the gear that Matt throws out that I'm like, you throwing out gear? I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's it's like pretty much weekly that I'll get a call from Matt. And he's like, hey, do you want this? And I'm like, well, it's broken, right? It, well, yeah. Of course. It works if you fix it. <laughs> if you fix it. You know, yeah, Matt, Matt it's and perfectly I, fine. <laughs> Matt, uh, so I I guess I should clarify, Matt Blake and I would, um, since there's two Matts in here, we used to have the greatest Saturdays. It's like I gave you broken gear too. Yeah, you have. People know I give good homes to broken gear with my stack. Like I have a workbench of just like compressors and pre's and mics that are just stacked to the ceiling of like, I'm going to get to this one day. Mm -hmm. And the the 1176 has been sitting there for the past five years. Um, But because, you know, it's like Matt Blake in there, not Matt Corette right here to differentiate <laughs> we used to have like the system down we'd go to apex on saturdays dig through the scraps and see if we could find any good recording equipment then go get barbecue tri-tip Ooh, yeah. what was that tri-tip. was it good mart was the name of that it place? was handy mart handy mart yeah, uh, handy yeah. Mart. Uh, but yeah. one of the two places in the valley that <laughs> must go yeah. the handy mart saturdays Han- yeah. handy mart better than than hogly wogglies it's, di- it's what different a name. Barbecue. different barbecue <laughs> okay it's uh not texas oh Wait, what? Handy Mart, Burbank, Magnolia. If they're listening, they can sponsor oh. us. <laughs> if they don't want to sponsor us, don't go there. Yeah. Is, is Handy Mart the, it's the, market. the chicken place? Yes, yeah, yeah, it has chicken. But Saturdays right. they do tri tip. Okay. Oh, damn. Sometimes it's not good, but most of the time it's good. <laughs> well, it sounds like a rave review. <laughs> the Matt's Yelp review. Every now and then it's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to lie to you. Because, you know, people put things on, people, you know, hype things, and then if it doesn't live up, then it's like, oh, f- you know, fuck you, Matt. <laughs> sure. People you write know? Matt a bad Yelp review. If you go to Yelp and type in Matt Blake, you can leave him a good a negative review but, for his talking role on Ox Return. Well, the Yelp, my my apartment had a Yelp for a while. I think you made it. <laughs> Probably. One drunken night at your apartment. <laughs> when we were doing our other podcast. I picked up some oh, gear no. from this place. It's It's broken. <laughs> Yeah, Matt and I used to have the best idea for a podcast where basically we just drink 
and tequila. drink tequila and play <laughs> records. And by the end of it, it was like the the needle's like, <laughs> and like you'd be like, this track is called blah blah blah, and you throw on a totally different record. It's great. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Great. <laughs> that's why we that, we've been hi- hiatus for about eight years. But. More for health reasons. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you that's ran a out good of needles. concept though. Get get the records going with some tequila. Eventually, it'll be fun. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you guys want to jump into another tune right now? Sure. Oh, yeah. you guys were talking about playing two back to back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. What which tunes are those? So these are both off that uh, Madman's Ruse uh, album that we were talking about. This one's uh, the first one we're going to do is called Drunk and Cold, and um, the second one's going to be called. Wait, I messed this up last you night. You did, yeah. Lose I was, I was myself. Gonna, yeah, lose myself in parentheses. Bar nine. Last like, night I said uh, bar nine in parentheses. <laughs> yeah. Lose myself. We, we know like the names to, to our songs. Name our songs with parentheses. <laughs> well, well, bar I, nine was the piece that was more impactful for me. Yeah. I meant to ask, like, how long are those live streams for um, Burning Man? The one we did last night was an hour, and okay. then the one tonight is a half hour. Yeah. Okay. Seems and, like uh, a slog, for sure. Like an hour in front of a camera. Like, well, we bad. did a live stream with Bridge Family Productions, which is the studio that's hosting the. Because I think they're doing three different studios, like one in LA, one in Seattle, and one in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I think that's still the plan. Um, and they're kind of hosting whatever bands, I guess, can make it there. And mm-hmm. then in I guess LA, they're kind of yeah. trying to figure out if people need a like, live stream from home or whatever it is. But we did a live stream with them a few weeks back. And we, they asked us to play for three hours? Is that how Yeah, I think we ended up doing about 2.30, 2.40 in there. Yeah. And I mean, that one was Jeez. so cool, though, because we um, were out of practice, so that we had no time to think <laughs> about, like, whether <laughs> anything, so we just And then people were requesting was... things, and they were just, like, kind of having fun that with it. That actually them. was uh, the first show back where we felt like, hey, that was kind of like a live performance a little bit, where we had, like, on our phones, we had... Um, the uh, the comments and stuff up. So we, in between songs, we were you know like taking drinks with people and like wow. you know trying to like like we even answer we, questions. Yeah, we we played we took a request and played a Tom Petty. Tom Petty song. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Back to the good old bar band days, you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we tried out one of our new ones that isn't even released yet. Like yeah, <laughs> or, it was a while or that we've even worked out yet. <laughs> <laughs> so they got to see a different side, kind of intimate side of this cool. That was cool, though. Yeah, we were joking last week that uh, we're, we're pretty much this close to starting to take phone calls. <laughs> you said the request hour? Well, yeah. it's like some, some you know, call us with your, uh, you know, bad mix or, you know, your recording questions. Wait, I, no, your questionable mix. You, que- questionable. you guys could be like uh, the That's car guys on NPR on Saturdays. Exactly. But like the, the Matt, Matt and Tristan, like the, the recording guys, you call in on... I love it. It's Monday nights, you know. I love it. <laughs> questionable mix is now the segment. Yeah. yeah. All right. Questionable. Call up now, 855-866-8686. Next, when we're about to release something, we'll just come back on the show again, and you guys can rip apart our mixes. <laughs> just make me cry. Like, you're low-end shit. There's phasing all over the place. God, that snare? <laughs> you call that a snare Jesus. tone? Are you sure you want to use that compressor? I mean, this is just my opinion, guys, but I mean... I would have done it with like fucking more compression. It's getting get real nerdy on this hour. Yeah, like I know you track your own drums, but have you heard of any like uh, slate trigger, like some drum replacement tone? <laughs> Did you even have the speakers on? <laughs> Did you, you listen them? back to this at any point, or? Oh man. Yeah. That's why we're always trying to like, because we we track it and then we 
produce it as a band, and we Brandon mixes everything. So like we're always trying to like. Just shout out to Hans real quick too. We got and this Hans, great mastering yeah. guy, Hans hmm. Decline. He just saves our ass with everything. Yeah. Pretty much. yeah. We're always trying I, to the like name be is hard familiar. Yeah. Yeah, he's done a bunch of cool stuff. Did uh, her Valley used him right? Hmm. Maybe. I think so. One of our oh, earlier in the year, okay. they, uh, artist, I think used him. Okay, yeah, he's awesome. He's, he's a great for engineer and, as, and just all-around good guy. Yeah. Is he in Los Angeles? Yeah. He's in uh, Santa Monica, I think, area or something, something like Somewhere in Los Angeles, but hmm. yeah, he's awesome. I and still so, have yet to have a margarita with him. Yeah. 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 A margarita date. Yeah, his, his, he always posts all these things about the different ways he's making margaritas, and I'm always like... Uh, want to want to hit him up on that more so than recording questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> different ways he mixes a margarita. <laughs> <Exactly>. you know, <laughs> yeah. Ask him for mixing techniques. Yeah, <laughs> dude Boys. loves margaritas, man. If you yeah. see, um, what's the one of the newer Star Wars when uh, all the little pterodactyls are coming into like the visitors center and stuff, and everyone's like running away. There's this like I think dude. that's Jurassic Park. I was like Star what Wars. Did I say? <laughs> Star, Wars? Like Star Wars. So I was Jeez. like Star pterodactyls and <laughs> visitors. We went to bed at 8:30 this morning. I was, I was, I was, I was my excuse. Yeah, Jurassic Park. My bad, guys. Um, there's a dude like diving, but he's holding his uh, he's holding his margarita and trying to get out of the way. That's Hans. <laughs> yeah, but we're always trying to be really critical of everything since we're kind of doing, you know, write it. Produce it, it's that thing of stepping outside of it because it's hard to do yeah. once you've been working on it for so long. That is the nice part of having like your guy for a mix engineer, Absol- or recording absolutely. engineer, or mastering, especially because mm-hmm. it's just like you get it's become so you're so deep in it that you can't remove yourself. Because I mean, especially when I was younger and doing mixing, I'd sit there for like hours turning a vocal up and down one dB, and you're like, it doesn't make a difference. But like you're so or, in yeah. it that you like think yeah. it does. Or you when know? you have like a plug in bypass and you even realize it, and you're yeah, like, you're like <laughs> messing with it. You're like, I hear the difference. Like, oh, it's been bypassed this whole time. Yeah, that's always when you got to take a fucking break yeah <laughs> like i've been up too long yeah yeah what when do you make the decision to let it go to someone else like have you done that like as far like as that. a mix or right. as far as right well, we almost we did people, with moonlighters yeah, and it just like i had i mixed moonlighters before i went to india at the beginning of the year and we had it like ready to go out and then the PR people came back with a guy. They're like, you got to use this guy. He makes it radio ready. And we're like, what, what, what does that mean? You know, like the whole like radio ready sure. thing, you know, and we're like, and I'm, all, I'm, I have no ego when it comes to, it. I'm like, yeah, I, if there, there's people that have been obviously doing it way longer than me, way better than me. Fuck. Yeah. I'd much rather them do it. So I talked to him on the phone and like, he, I kind of so got a weird bragging vibe. about gear. He was just something. bragging about his multiple houses and his gear, and mm. you know, bro, I got like a real LA two A instead of like my clone. I'm like, cool. <laughs> um, got you those know. real optos in it. Yeah, because I was like, hey, I'm really particular with the drum tone. I really like using this overstair, like stereo field effects. Shout out to overstair, Matt. <laughs> I'll shout and out the- to that if they sponsor us. <laughs> Aren't you? Uh, Are you just gonna bleep out these names? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, and he was just like, "Well, you know, I have this and that." And oh, I was like, "Okay, cool." So we sent it off to him. We got it back, and I feel like there's definitely things he approached differently in a way that cleaned it up. Where I'm like, "Oh, that's really cool in the way the bass sat, but like it sucked all the life away from the mix and all the things that we really enjoyed about the mix." He just kind of changed and made it. Not not to offend people of this generation, but we call it like a boomer mix, where it's kind of like you just run it through like, this is what you do to a rock song yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so we just ended up going with my mix at the end. And... Yeah, it's so interesting. Like, 
I've been in a position where I feel like I shouldn't mix this song and I'll I send it to someone else. And it always seems that when you make that, when, when you get to a point in a mix, when you have to make a decision like that, it's already the song and the mix is already too far gone to actually yeah. be, you know, for you to actually be happy with it mixed by anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, I'm hoping one day it's just like, to me to find a proper mix engineer is like finding the right producer or the right totally. n- extra bandmate is really what it is. Mm-hmm. So it's like becomes this marriage where it's not just like so-and-so is going to mix it. It's like a relationship. Like we've talked about if we're going to reach out to anybody from now, you know, and I have my list of heroes, like I would love for them to mix our tunes, but I would like to get together with them and not even talk about music, you know, just like become friends with this person. So it's more, you get each other's vibe of where you're coming from. Cause I think you, you could write a huge long email of like, well, we like it like this and like that. But I feel if you become good f- enough friends with somebody and just understand each other on like more of a social level, they'll get where you're trying to go with a mix or like what you're doing with music. And I think the same thing for a producer as well. But so I, I think the finding mm-hmm. a, a mix engineer for a band is like, is so hard because it is like finding the right producer, finding the right bandmate. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, totally. they have to get it. Mm-hmm. You know how you could do it? Lunch with questionable barbecue and bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> that's how. That's the test. Questionable yeah, questionable. Barbecue. It may or may not be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, could we get these last two out yeah, of here? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you. 
Awesome. We have animal on the drum. <laughs> That's been the Blood Moon Howlers. This has been Ox Return. Before we before we go, you guys have your own YouTube stream, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, do. we have a couple. We have our uh, Beard Talk with the Blood Moon Howlers. Oh, yeah, it's our podcast. We our award-winning podcast that is actually self, taking over Rogan soon. Yeah. Yeah. We got oh, him on quite the run right don't now. Don't take over this one. No, 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 of course not. <laughs> Only Rogan. We're gunning for on, Rogan. We're going to have them Yeah, on yeah, there. yeah. Yeah, guys got to come on Beard Talk. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We, we just we don't talk about beards at all. That, that's the stick of it. <laughs> <laughs> no Beard Talk. <laughs> what, do, what do you talk about? Random-ass shit. Yeah. <laughs> The last one got to be like two hours long or something. We're like, okay, we gotta figure out. How. We're like, what, what wait, is so it? Rogan does like two hour episodes? Yeah, Let's do fucking do. four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is a typical topic? No, we, we do talk about Depends beards. on we, the person. Yeah, we talk about different silly questions about beards and life. Like, what was one of our favorite ones that, like, is your beard a, a so we use or the, a the beard talk, the beard questions as a way to segue and mm. like let the conversation just go totally rampant. Um, basically, we'll do things like uh, one of the ones that I came up with is: uh, Is your beard a hunter or a gatherer? <laughs> and like so, hunter. then we'll, we'll, we'll a hunter. Sorry, hunter. <laughs> um, so. We'll you know run with something like that for a long ass time you know sure or like or like what's the hardest food to eat or oh yeah what's the hardest beard. food to eat with a beard you know like spaghetti or some soup. shit like that or like <laughs> soup especially with the mustache the soup yeah how do you groom um, it like we have a ton of questions to go through and then it always just yeah leads to all these different oh silly beard questions. insecurities oh yeah 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 you know like like if you have like a, a part of your beard that doesn't grow in or something sure. like that yeah. you know we sure talk I'm about familiar. the hardships of you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm about, uh, what, I'm now eight months on this side part. You wouldn't know it, but I haven't shaved the side part <laughs> for eight months. Just this particular yeah, part of your face. the side part of the beard. <laughs> See, perfect. And how does it make you feel? Uh, it makes me feel proud of myself I didn't shave it. Yeah. Not happy that you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> but you stuck with it. See? Yeah. So, Blood Moon Howlers on Facebook, Instagram, all the handles, all Blood Moon Howlers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's where everybody could go find you. Again, this has been Ox Return. Thank you guys so much for Dude, coming in. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. This is so much fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Is so good. Thank you. You can find us at Ox Return on Facebook, Ox Return AUX underscore RTN on Instagram. And we're now on YouTube. We're on Spotify, Apple, and all the places you get your podcasts. So like and subscribe. Yeah, if you are listening to this in podcast form, we do the show live um, every time we do it. And there's a there's live video. So if you ever wanted to see what happens as we do it, uh, the link should be up in our Instagram. And we'll update that with the new current link for the live stream. So check that out and just keep your eyes on it. And we will uh, we will be here live. All right. Yeah, thanks again. It's been a treat. Sounds awesome in here. Yeah. Thanks a bunch, guys. This has been <laughs> the Blood Moon Howlers on Ox Return. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you guys soon. <laughs> <laughs>